If I could have all the kids come on up, we're going to have our own little time. And it'll be good because afterwards you get a candy cane. I'm the candy cane pastor. Come on up. We're going to have, this is, this is the favorite time. Oh, my tie looks like a candy cane. Yes, thank you. Yes. Someone said I look like Don Johnson in, you know, in Miami Vice, so... But you have no idea who that is or what. It's okay for your time. Man, this is great. Come on and squeeze in, squeeze in. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys the microphone because I'm going to ask you questions. Because I want to hear what you guys have to think about this. What are we celebrating? Come on up, come on up. What are we celebrating tomorrow? 
Wait, raise your hand because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Okay, what are we celebrating tomorrow? Christmas. Christmas. What do you guys look forward to most about Christmas? Liking the birth of Jesus. Oh, nice answer. The birth of Jesus. What else do you like about Christmas? Uh, opening presents. Opening presents. What do you like about Christmas? Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Because you get the presents. What do you like about Christmas? Everything. <laughs> Everything. What do you like about Christmas? Everything. Everything. You? Uh. One thing. One, one thing. Yes. I said one second. One what? A one second. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to just say what people want me to hear. My favorite part about Christmas is opening presents. <laughs> want me to hear. That's awesome. All right. Hey, but you guys know what we celebrate on Christmas, don't you? We celebrate who? Jesus, and the fact that he came to this earth. You know, Pastor Sean, he, did you see his painting? That was incredible, huh? It really wasn't him, but it was really incredible. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. Did you know that the entire Bible is written about Jesus? Did you know that? Isn't that incredible? Now, Pastor Sean did a series called Hope. Do you guys know what hope is? What's hope? What do you think hope is? Let's get somebody who hasn't answered. What's hope? It's like when you hope to do something. It's like when you hope to do something. Way to use the word in the definition. Awesome. What about you? What's hope? Hope is when, like... Like, maybe you can get something. Maybe you can get something? This is good. This is a tough word. What is it? It could be another meaning for determination. Determination, okay. Here we go, what's hope? Um, hope, hope means you get a candy can or something. <laughs> it's, it's sitting through this talk so you can get a candy cane. Yes, that's incredible. And that's really good. All of your definitions are incredible. Listen, hope is the fact that you're waiting for something that hasn't happened yet. You're waiting and waiting. Like tomorrow you guys are all waiting to open your presents on Christmas morning, right? You're hoping that the presents are gonna be there. You're hoping that mom and dad really did, you know, basically like pray and you know, that you guys prayed and that the presents would be there. I almost ruined it, almost. <laughs> You're hoping. What are you hoping for? I'm hoping it's not closed. You're hoping it's not closed. Yes. Now, here's the deal. Do you know that the Bible talks about hope? Now, we celebrate. Now, listen. Shh, listen, boys and girls. Shh. We celebrate Jesus coming to earth. But we also, tomorrow morning, we're celebrating the hope that Jesus is going to come again. He's going to return for all of his children. Isn't that incredible? 
Now, Jesus came one time, but Jesus is going to come again. And this time, he's not going to be being born in a stable, in a manger. Jesus is going to come back. The Bible says he's going to come back on a white horse. And he's going to be in charge. And he's going to come back and come back for us. Isn't that incredible? And that's the hope that we have no matter what, whether you get clothes for Christmas or whether something bad happens. The hope is that Jesus is going to return and he's going to make everything that's wrong about this world, he's going to make it right. And that's the hope that we have. And so every Christmas, we're not only just celebrating his first coming, but we're celebrating the fact that he's going to come again. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful, boys and girls? Hey, listen, I'm going to hand out candy canes in a second, but I want to pray. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let's pray. And the only reason we do that is because I just don't want you to touch your neighbor, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for coming over 2,000 years ago and giving us hope that you're going to return. We love you, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now... See
Glory 
chapter 2 verses 1 through 16 and it came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, 
wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass that while the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord has made known to us, which has come to pass. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Good afternoon. I'm very proud of that young man. That's my boy. Uh, he memorized that as a kid. And uh, we have done Christmas Eve services in three different buildings. And so I made him do it when he was about eight at Grafton High School. And then I made him do it as an awkward middle schooler in our last building. And I said, hey, it's our first Christmas Eve service in the new building. Why don't you get up and do the Christmas story? Uh, I, I mean, I got news for you. I have some hopes, too, just like our kids. Uh, one of my hopes is that we don't burn this building down, all right? So... Um, we're going to light candles in just a moment, and so I'm going to give some instructions, all right? So uh, if, you, if your kids are going to be involved, that's fine. Please pay attention. Uh, but when, we're gonna, at the end, when I'm done preaching, we're going to sing, and we're going to light our candles. And so some of you guys, you come from that charismatic background. It's okay. Okay, I just don't want to see none of this, all right? No hand raising with this, all right? Uh, those of you like me, you come from kind of the stoic Baptist background like this, all right? This is acceptable. Uh, if you like to close your eyes in worship, and you're a leaner, none of that, all right? Keep your eyes open. Let's make sure we keep the place safe, all right? So we do that, really. Keep them straight. Keep an eye on the kids. It's going to be really beautiful, and I love the real candles. I, uh, uh, sometime around, um, I don't know, late, uh, late, usually late November, somewhere between the 25th and 28th, 29th of November, I call that the annual day of frustration. Uh, that's the day that we get the Christmas decorations out, okay? And so y'all you know, are well aware of that day. And, uh, and I have a, a prayer that I offer up in hope every single year. It's when I get out the Christmas lights. Now, uh, what you see here is literally how I put my Christmas lights away annually. I take them down, I wrap them up, I put them in a cheap plastic bag. And then on the annual day of frustration, I pull them out and, and I unplug them. And, and, and my prayer, well, you guys can probably imagine, what do you think my prayer is? Lord, make my yuletide bright, okay? That's the prayer, all right? And so, and so I go like this, and I just start doing this. And is it any wonder with this terrible strategy? Now, listen, I know there's like 40 or 50 of you. You're going to come up out of church like, Pastor, here's what you got to do. I don't care, all right? This is how I do it every year, all right? And about half the strands either don't work at all or partially work, and it's just so frustrating. And my, every year, my hopes are dashed, right? Uh, in fact, this year was really, really cool. Well, we got them out. We put them on the Christmas tree, and about three days into getting the Christmas tree done, the middle strands all went out, and I just looked at it and said, I don't care. I really don't care. So 
our poor little sad little Christmas tree's got lights on the top, lights on the bottom, and a big empty middle. And I'm like, oh, bah humbug, all right? So that's how the Browns go. You know, we've done a series on hope, and so the, this afternoon I want to finish with your greatest need followed with your greatest hope, okay? And, and we hope in all kinds of things, right? I know you do, I do. We sometimes hope that our jobs will be secure and provide all that we need, and, and sometimes that's true, but sometimes our, our jobs disappoint us, right? And maybe, maybe you're here this afternoon and, and you're hoping that the closest relationships to you, your family, they'll... Maybe this will be the Christmas they don't let you down. Maybe this is the Christmas, finally, that we have a Christmas meal and, a, and the past doesn't come up and a fight doesn't break out, right? Maybe that. Maybe, maybe you're hoping in your health. Maybe this is the Christmas that you're wondering, you know, and you've been going to the doctor and you're trying to figure that out. Maybe, maybe you're here this afternoon and you're just hoping to endure. Maybe this was the year you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a loved one recently, and, and you're just struggling to put one foot in front of the next this Christmas season. Or maybe you're recently divorced, and it's the first time you're sitting here without the whole family being together, and you're just hoping to endure this Christmas season. Maybe you're sitting here this afternoon, you're single, and you're like, man, I just hope next year I finally find somebody. Maybe... Maybe that's your hope. And the list of hopes go on and on. And hope's a very powerful thing. I mean, it's, you know, even the kids, I mean, if you're like the kids, it's like, it is a difficult word to describe. I always say it's like love. You know it when you see it, right? It's hard to describe, but you know it when you see it. Hope's this thing that beats inside of us. It gives us life, and it gives us hope, and it gives us joy, and it gives us purpose. And so my main point, my main goal here this afternoon is to talk to you about your greatest need and help you understand that God's greatest provision happened on Christmas morn so that you would have hope. Luke chapter 2 verse 10. It's a Christmas story. We just heard it. An angel shows up to some shepherds on the side of a field and he says something to them. He says, first of all, he says, don't be afraid. Which, by the way, let me, let me do a, this is a side note, okay. Um, whenever you run into someone in our culture who says, man, I saw an angel and it was this glorious experience and I got all these warm fuzzies, that never happens in the Bible, okay. Anytime in the Bible someone sees an angel, they essentially say, hey, please don't kill me, okay. These are awesome beings, and the first words out of the angel's mouth, usually to humanity, is, hey, don't be afraid. I'm not going to kill you right now, okay. That's how that goes. So angels say, fear not. And I bring you good news that will be, bring great joy to all people. Now, let's park there for a minute. Joy is hope that is found, I want you to think about that for a minute. Joy is hope that has been found. See, when you're looking for something that's going to bring you hope or bring you happiness or bring you joy, uh, it, that's why things of, of, that are temporal, things of this earth, oftentimes leave us wanting. I don't know if I've seen a couple commercials. I, I don't know who, what store or whatever it's advertised for. It, it, it's some great videos of kids receiving the gifts on Christmas morning they've been home for. And they just go crazy, right? You know, and like, ah, you know, and woo. And they're laying on the gifts. They're so excited. And some of your kids may do it tomorrow. But the truth is, eventually, plug yours, kids. Okay, eventually, like, that toy's probably going to go in the corner somewhere. It's not going to be quite as exciting Six months or a year from now as it is right now. 
But real joy is something that's lasting. It's when you hope in something that will last. And real joy, I really want to encourage you to think like this. Real joy is really hoping in something that's eternal because it's the only thing that can bring lasting joy. And so the angels announced, man, I've got great news. I've got some news that's going to bring joy. And get this, it's very important. To all people. I've got something that's going to bring joy to everybody. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I bring you good news, great joy for everyone. The Christmas story is for all people. The Christmas story cuts across social barriers and racial barriers and political barriers. It does not segregate by sex or money or any other earthly barrier. The Christmas story is for all people, all nations. It's good news for sinners. If you're here this afternoon and you're like, well, Pastor Sean, you don't know my past. God's never going to want to reconnect with me because of my past. I've got good news for you. Anybody that repents of their sin and believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, God goes, what past? He teaches us that our sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. And so not only is this good news for everyone, because sometimes I think we categorize that, like that must be good news for the them out there. It's the good news for you as well. You're here this afternoon and you, 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 you kind of walked in here and you hadn't been in a church building in a long time. I've got, I've got some hope for you. The God of the universe cares for you. The angels announced this is good news for you. Specifically, if you're here today and you think God has forgotten you, he hasn't forgotten you. It is the manger, it is Christmas morning, is the reminder that God sent and God gave and he didn't get cheap on us, by the way. Did you know that? He's not cheap like your uncle tomorrow, right? The rich one that's frugal and you open the gift, you're like, really? You're like a millionaire, you know? No, God lavished us. With his greatest possible gift, sending us his one and his only son. And this is a gift, said the angels, for all people. And what is this gift? Who is this that we see in the manger? What or who exactly is this baby lying in a manger? Well, the angels tell us that. They say it's the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in Bethlehem. Let me pull a couple things out of this. Ready? Real quick, because I'm, I'm bringing this to a close in just a minute. First of all, Jesus, this, this baby in a manger, is the Savior. The greatest need for you, I love the question, by the way, who's the Savior? We're going to talk about that, all right? Thank you. The greatest need of the world is a Savior. Our greatest need, so this may be news to some of you here this afternoon. Our greatest need is the question of how are sinners going to stand in the presence of a holy God? How can a sinner, someone who who has rebelled against the nature of God, which by the way, let me tell you something. If you you don't have a church home, I hope you'll make Coastal Community Church your church home. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just be honest here this Christmas Eve. Like we don't get up here and promise you that you're going to have a, a happier life or a wealthier life. or What we want to offer you is really your greatest need, which is far beyond those things. And sometimes those things happen as a blessing of the Lord. But your greatest need is a Savior. 
Your greatest need is to know the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're not aware of it, I want you to know, it may be that your hope or your desires, have you've never really considered this. Your greatest need is to be reconnected with your creator. It's your greatest need. In fact, without connecting to your creator, you're going to run through life and you're not going to have understanding. You're not going to know who made you. You're not going to know why you were made. You're not going to understand your purpose. You're not going to understand what your life really is supposed to be. And so here it is. Ready? Why did God create you? He created you to worship him and love him and glorify him. That's why you were created. The problem is you and I are in sinful rebellion to the ways of God and the character of God. God made the rules. God said, here's the rules. Here's how it's best going to work. This is how you'll best be alive. This is how you have the, the most abundant life. But we have rebelled against that. And so we don't want God's rules and we don't want God's character. I'm going to say something very bold. I've, I've, I've wrestled with saying this for all week, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here we go. Ready? You need saving from what your sin deserves in regards to God's holiness, God's righteousness, and God's justice. So here's the bold statement. Ready? You actually need saving from the character of God. Merry Christmas, right? I thought I came here to be uplifted, Pastor You need saving from the penalty that your sin actually deserves in the presence of the holiness of God. And so, here's the good news, ready? On Christmas morning, God, because he loves, sent a savior. God, because he loves you, sent his best. God, because he cares, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, because a savior and salvation is your greatest need. And so the angels declare that that God sent a savior, God sent hope on Christmas morn, the Messiah, or some of your versions of the Bible say the Christ, which by the way, you know, Jesus Christ is not a first and last name, right? It's not a swear word. It's not what you go down to Social Security office and say, hey, fill out your first and last name. Oh, it's Jesus Christ. No, the word Christ is, the, is a title. It'd be like when you go to your doctor and you say, oh, Dr. Jones. Doctor is the title, right? Or some people talk, talk to me and say, Pastor Sean. Pastor is the title. Christ is a title. The Messiah is what it means. It means that Jesus is the special one. So the angels come. God loves everyone. He sent a Savior who is Christ, the Messiah, the special one, sent from God, the God-man. As Pastor Joey talked about last week, wrapped in flesh. And he came to save us from our sins. And he is, both his his person and his work is incredibly important. The Messiah is the God-man. That's his person. And his work is that he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, a substitutionary death where God poured out his wrath and hatred for sin on his son, Jesus Christ. He, He They placed him in a grave, and then on the third day, he rose again, authenticating his claims as the Messiah. Isn't that amazing? So in three months, we're going to celebrate Easter, and we celebrate that because we understand, and that is the authentication of who Jesus said he was. And so the angels announce the Savior, the Messiah, and finally they say, he is the Lord. And Lord is a a positional word. It's a designation of authority. Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, he is the Lord. He's not going to be Lord. 
He is the Lord. That means he's God. He's sovereign. He rules. He reigns. Now, at his first advent or his first coming, okay, he humbled himself. He came in humility. And Pastor Joey preached on this yet last week in Philippians chapter 2 where the Apostle Paul says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Why? Why would we take an interest in others? Because we're trying to grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ if you're a follower of him. And why would we look out for the interest of others? Because Christ had to have the same attitude Jesus Christ had. Verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality of God, something to cling to. But instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. He died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and has given him the name that is above all names that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is what, church? He's Lord to the glory of God the Father. His first advent was in humility. And I want to tell you something. This is exciting. Pastor Andrew made reference to it in his children's sermon. His second coming will be an awesome authority. And there will be no doubt so he is Lord. That's not in question. The question is, have you turned from you? Have you decided, you know, enough of me being Lord, enough of me being the boss, enough of me saying, you know what, I'm just going to pursue my own way and pursue my sin and pursue my own desire to be the boss. Today could be the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the angels acknowledge him, Jesus the Christ who is the Lord. Because here's the deal. The more you pursue your purpose, and the more you pursue what you want to do, the less joy and the less hope and the less life will make sense to you. Why? Because you're not doing life the way your creator intended it. And so maybe today's the day that you acknowledge Jesus Christ for who he is. The Savior. Christ the Lord. Maybe you're here this afternoon and you realize, you know what, Pastor Jones, you're talking, I, the truth be told, I'm here with so little joy. I'm here placing my hope in all kinds of things that don't seem to fulfill. I want to encourage you, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, he's the only one who will not disappoint. And so maybe today, Christmas Eve, is the day that you go, you know what, I want to get things right with God. I want to place my hope in something eternal. If that's where you are, I want to encourage you to use this moment to do business with God. And before we sing and we light our candles, I just want to offer you an opportunity to pray and do business with your Creator, who loved you so much He sent a Savior, Christ the Messiah, the Lord. There's nothing magical in a prayer, but it's just an opportunity to, to cry out to God, and he hears our prayer. So do me a favor. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If that's where you are today, you want to pray with me. I'm not going to embarrass you. You just pray in your mind. You pray in your heart. This is a guide to follow along and reconnect with your creator that you might know hope and you might have joy. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, today I confess that I have been hoping in things that will not last I confess that I desire to reconnect with you, Heavenly Father, my Creator and my God. I understand this afternoon, God, that I have sinned. I have not done things 
your way. I have done them my way. I understand that you have sent a Savior who paid for my sin. He died a death that I deserved. And as best I understand it today, I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that Jesus is your son, God in flesh, born on Christmas Day. He lived a perfect life. He died a death in my place, and he rose again, defeating my sin's consequences. And as best I know how today, I trust in your son, Jesus, the Messiah. I confess him as Lord, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Would you guys stand with us?
scripture reading, blew it out, scripture reading this, this afternoon from Revelation, which is what your hope is, it's the second return of Christ, these are the words of the Apostle John in Revelation 21, says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, the old heaven and the old earth, they had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, and I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, and I I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow and there'll be no more crying and there'll be no more pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen. Amen. All right, do me a favor. Let's pull out your candles, cup it, blow it out. Don't get wax in the ugly sweater in front of you, okay? Don't turn it upside down, all right? Uh, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I want you to go in the hope of our hope of the second return of Christ when he sets all things straight. On your way out today, if you need prayer, there's somebody in our prayer chapel. If you and your family want to take some pictures at our photo booth, have some fun with that. That's on this side. And so on behalf of myself, the elders, and the staff, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas.